Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio and I love all things tech. First of all, if this episode sounds at all different, it's Tari's fault. Uh, I'm in the studio today, but I'm using my normal microphone for home recording. But it may mean that it sounds a little different. Tari, by the way, is also here. She's um, she's waving and blowing kisses to all of you because she loves you so much. That might not be true, but there are definitely some hand gestures. Anyway, let's get to the tech news for Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. Earlier today, you might have had some problems using certain websites or web-based services. For example, Delta Airlines customers found they couldn't use online check-in for a while. Amazon customers were having trouble connecting to that site. Gamers saw the PlayStation Network and Steam were down as well. So what the heck happened? 
Well, it appears that fault lies with part of Akamai's system. Now, Akamai is a CDN. Also, I could be mispronouncing it. It's A-K-A-M-A-I. But it's a CDN. That's a content delivery network. So as that name implies, Akamai is in the business of facilitating the movement of data across networks to customers. CDNs address an issue that we just can't otherwise get around, and that's the fact that the further you are away from a computer, like a server, let's say that you're trying to connect to a specific website, well, the further away you are from that that server, the longer it's going to take for signals to pass between you and that server. And if the service you're trying to access is one that requires fast response, like maybe it's a streaming video game or something, that could be a problem. So if you want to access, say, a specific company's services and that company happens to be located in Washington State, but you live in the state of Florida, which is all the way on the opposite side of you know America, then you might have some delays. If your computer and the company's servers had to communicate across the entire country, you'd run into lag. And that's where CDNs come in. They are essentially huge server farms located in specific geographic areas, and they function as a faster way to deliver internet content. They're kind of like um, mirrors of existing content. So instead of having to transmit, you know, that episode of Modern Love across the entire United States, a CDN with the modern love content can step in closer to home. CDNs can also provide other services. They can act as a layer of protection against malicious attacks from hackers, like DDoS attacks, distributed denial of service attacks. And most of the time, everything's just working fine, and people are able to access services like Netflix or PlayStation games or whatever without a problem. But sometimes stuff goes wrong, and that's what happened today. Akame says that it was an emerging issue with its Edge DNS service. But as I'm recording this, it appears that the company's engineers have resolved the problem. It's just a reminder that there's always a point of failure in a given system. And sometimes that point of failure can be one that affects a lot of other systems. However, I have to take my hat off to those engineers who fixed the problem relatively quickly. That's really impressive. You know, it really stinks when these things happen, but it's it's incredible to see how quickly people can respond and get things back on track. Because, I mean, that's a big issue. Now, in an early episode, I mentioned that President Biden here in the United States issued an executive order that urged the Federal Trade Commission, or FTC, to look into the issue of the right to repair. Just in case you're not familiar with that term, that refers to stripping away the layers that companies will put in place that can discourage or outright prevent users from making their own repairs or going to an independent repair service. And instead, they might put in layers that force those users to go to a corporate-approved service company. And this can apply to everything from basic consumer electronics all the way up to things like giant tractors for agriculture. And this is a really big deal for people who either don't want to be tied down to a specific ecosystem or those who might not have easy access to corporate-approved services or both. 
The FTC now says that the organization will step up law enforcement actions against companies that are engaged in, quote, illegal repair restrictions, end quote, according to the site XDA. Now, what constitutes illegal repair restrictions? Well, if it's part of an anti-competitive strategy, it could violate the Sherman Act. That deals with the issues of monopolies and anti-competitiveness. And there are other laws that can play a role as well, and I may have to do a full episode about that at some point because, frankly, I am not that well read up on these laws because, let's get real, until really recently, no one was looking into enforcing those laws, so they weren't really playing a part. But I think that this is really encouraging. As the FTC points out, the denial of the right to repair leads to a lot of wastefulness. Uh, And that can go from anything from the amount of time it takes for you to actually go to a uh, company-approved maintenance area to just throwing something away and buying a new one because you can't be bothered to take it to get repaired. None of those are really good things. So I think this might be a good move in general. In a different earlier episode, I talked a bit about the backlash against Audacity. That's the free-to-download audio recording and editing software that folks like yours truly use when recording podcasts from home. It's what I'm actually using right now instead of using our studio's recording system because Tari won't let me do that. Anyway. uh, Oh, look, she's blowing more kisses. She's just so loving today. All right. Anyway, a while back, there was this company called Muse, or the Muse Group now, that acquired Audacity, and then released a version with some new privacy policies that raised a lot of eyebrows, because those policies included data collection uh, uh, policies, and meaning data collected from users. And we're talking about a lot of data that could potentially be used with conjunction with um, with law enforcement. So it raised a lot of big questions about privacy and legality, and it led to a backlash in which some Audacity users were proposing that they develop a forked version of Audacity to go back to an earlier version of Audacity and develop for that as an independent program in order to avoid the issues that they were seeing based on this updated privacy policy from the quote-unquote real Audacity. That is not a great thing for the new owners to hear. I mean, if customers are saying they're going to go and make their own version of your product just to avoid your policies, that's tough. Now Audacity has a new, new privacy policy, and it removes the sections that were causing the concern. So in a message to users, Audacity said the following, quote, Phrasing has been adjusted to remove ambiguity or aid in transparency, in particular that we do not collect any additional information for law enforcement or any other purpose. We have explained the purpose of the two networking features, error reporting and update checking. We have removed the provision that discourages children under 13 years old from using Audacity. We have taken steps to ensure that we never store a full IP address. We now truncate it before hashing or discarding it entirely, and have reflected this change in the privacy policy document. We have made some changes to how we process error reports to ensure that we never store any potentially identifiable information. Further, they explain that any version of Audacity from 3.0.2 or earlier has 
no networking capability at all, meaning there's no way for the company to collect any data from people who are using those versions of Audacity. Whether all this is going to be enough to calm the critics remains to be seen, but it feels like it's at least the right thing to do. We've got some more news to report on, but before I get to that, let's take a quick break. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. The state of California has filed a lawsuit against the video game developer and publisher Activision Blizzard, alleging that the company has a culture of harassment that makes the company a hostile work environment, particularly for women. In fact, the lawsuit alleges that there is a, quote, pervasive frat boy, end quote, culture there. And y'all, that phrasing definitely conjures up some negative images in my mind, but then 
you have to understand, I went to college at the University of Georgia in the mid to late 90s, and the frats there were literally the worst. Like, they made the news. That's how bad they were. Anyway, the allegations include lots of really despicable charges. Everything from women being groped and otherwise assaulted to women receiving far less pay for doing the same jobs as men to one case where apparently an executive reportedly delegated his work to a female direct report so that he could play Call of Duty. Gross. Now, I should add that the company says these charges are actually relating to the past and that the Activision Blizzard company of today does not reflect this image. In other words, they're saying, yeah, things used to be bad, but we have taken great strides to fix them and we take this seriously. In fact, the company representatives have said that every charge is taken seriously and the company has made substantive moves to really change corporate culture. Now, I am sure that a more complete story will come out in court, assuming that this actually goes that far. And maybe we will hear whether or not the representatives are accurate, right? Whether or not this, this uh, toxic culture still exists. It appears to at least have existed. But the question is, is that how things are now? I honestly don't know what to believe. I don't know anyone at that company, so I have no idea if it has changed significantly or if it's still a hostile work environment. But I will keep an eye on this story as it develops. One technology that tends to come up in conversation about the future is weather control. I mean, I know that Cobra Commander was really obsessed with it. But when we get to the realities of tech and the weather, our understanding of how we can affect weather gets a little bit wibbly-wobbly. For years, people have attempted to seed clouds to induce rain over drought. And the question then pops up, does that actually work? Which is actually kind of hard to say because it's difficult to test these things because it either rains or it doesn't rain after you seed the clouds. And if it does rain then can you be sure that it would not have rained if you hadn't seeded the clouds? Like, was the cloud seeding the thing that actually made it rain, or was it going to rain anyway? Now, long-term studies suggest that cloud seeding is effective. Like, there, there have been studies of snowpacks over the course of several years that suggest that there is greater precipitation in years when cloud seeding was actually performed. But it's just, you know, it's one of those things that's very hard to see in the short term. However, the United Arab Emirates is using a slightly different approach to the typical cloud seeding approach. The UAE is going to zap clouds with electricity to see if that makes it rain. So they're going to be using drones to do this. And the idea is to actually create an electric charge on droplets of water that encourages the droplets to bind together. And as these droplets bind together, they're going to they're gonna grow larger, they're going to grow heavier, and potentially heavy enough to fall as rain, assuming this all works, which actually sounds pretty plausible to me, at least. So I'll be very eager to see how this turns out, though I should say I am a bit disappointed because I originally imagined that these drones were going to fly up there and threaten clouds with electric shocks unless they would go ahead and rain, and uh, turns out that's not how that works. So that's a bummer. Finally, 
If you've listened to Tech Stuff for a while, you have certainly heard me talk about an electric vehicle company called Faraday Future, and not for necessarily positive reasons. Uh, I first learned about this company when I saw a concept model of an electric sports car at CES way back in 2016. And that concept looked super cool. It was one of those like, you know, gasp moments when you're walking the floor. It was extremely popular. Lots of people taking video and pictures of that thing. The company was this upstart EV producer that was taking shape in California and Nevada. And then news about weird stuff relating to this company began to pop up. The company founder had a different company back in China. That's where he's from. And that company was apparently in dire straits. It was starting to fail. And the Chinese government was extremely eager to have this founder come back to China and settle up with his creditors. The founder was extremely eager to not do that thing because, you know, answering for issues in China can sometimes be a pretty serious thing. So he also allegedly spent a lot of the company money as if it was his own personal bank account. There were a lot of uh, at least perceived possible misuses of corporate funds, things were not really looking on the up and up, in other words. So there were a lot of questions about whether Faraday would ever be able to produce a consumer vehicle because, spoiler alert, so far it has not. And it all got very dramatic. And now it's time to add another bit of drama to this story because now Faraday Future is a publicly traded company the same organization that was teetering on the brink of implosion is now publicly traded. So you would be well justified in asking, how the heck could this happen? How could it go from almost falling apart to becoming a publicly traded company? Uh, and by the way, that move of becoming publicly traded added like a billion dollars to the company's coffers. So that is incredibly significant. Well, it's because of a little thing called a SPAC, or S-P-A-C. And by a little thing, I mean a big thing. So a SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company. And this is kind of a workaround for companies that want to go public, but would otherwise have trouble with an initial public offering or IPO. And we've seen lots of stories about companies that had to back off and rethink their approach to an IPO, you know, like Uber. Companies that at one point were really bullish about having an IPO and then something happens and it kind of throws a monkey wrench into the works. Well, here's how a SPAC works. You get some investors and they create a company that does nothing. It's, it's like, like the old joke on Seinfeld. I mean, it literally is a company that does nothing except exist to pool resources. So the company that does nothing, you know, goes public. And then this newly publicly traded company uses the assets that it has that otherwise are doing nothing to acquire the target company. You know, the one that would not be able to hold an IPO on its own. So Faraday Future never would have gotten an IPO off the ground. Not, not with the way the company has been mismanaged and misrun for the last several years, but by creating essentially a shell company that then can be publicly traded and use that company to purchase Faraday Futures, 
Uh, that suddenly means that Faraday Future, by extension, is publicly traded. Kind of seems like a like almost like a bait and switch, but it's totally legal. It's something that can actually happen without any you know legal implications whatsoever. Now, along the way through this process, as this SPAC acquired Faraday Future and made it a publicly traded company, the founder of Faraday Future effectively surrendered control. So today things are very different from how they were in years past. But does this mean that Faraday Future is on track to actually produce electric vehicles after years of languishing in a melodramatic mess of financial shenanigans? Well, the plan is to get things up and running so that the company can release an SUV electric vehicle sometime by the end of next year. We'll see if that happens. I think some skepticism is warranted, but I would actually love to see the company deliver upon that initial promise I first encountered back in 2016 at CES. I don't want to see a company fail. It's just, you know, my skepticism is up only because really, if you look into the history of Faraday Future, and I've got I've got an episode about it, a couple of them, you start to see where there's enough history of shenanigans going on there to make anyone feel a little cautious. But that is it for this episode of Tech Stuff. That is the news for Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. I hope you are all well. If you have any suggestions for topics I should cover in future episodes of Tech Stuff, please reach out to me. The best way to do that is over on Twitter. The handle we use for the show is TechStuffHSW. And I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The wait is almost over. 
Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.